And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. Welcome back to another episode of Sandy Creek Stirrings. Thank you for taking time to join me on this fine Tuesday morning. And uh, boy, it's a beautiful day outside here in High Springs, Florida. A little warm for being this early in the morning, but it's still an enjoyable morning. Beautiful day outside. Was able to drive from my house over to the great Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church where I record the episodes for Sandy Creek Stirrings. And I uh, just had a beautiful car ride on the way over, just talking to the Lord and just sharing some things with Him this morning. And I'm excited. Tuesday mornings, as we announced last week, is the morning we will discuss apologetics. Apologetics. And I say jokingly almost every time I say the word, um, of course, we're not apologizing for anything. We are just simply giving a defense of the faith. And that's what apologetics simply means, is giving a defense of the faith. And I think this will be vital to helping you to grow as a Christian. You know, the whole purpose of this show, Sandy Creek Stirrings, is to stir you up to do something for the cause of Christ. To stir you up, to uh, impassion you, to embolden you through the Word of God, through the remembrance of our forefathers of old, through uh, simple practical topics just to get up and do something for God. The reality is we have a lot of Christians, a lot of young men, who are content just to sit by the side and watch people do everything else and they do nothing. They're content just to sit on the sidelines instead of taking part in the teamwork. And so that's my goal is I want to stir you up. I want to help you. I want to give you some passion this morning and through the rest of the episodes to truly do something great for the cause of Christ. And apologetics truly can do that. I think, that, I think when you look at it, a lot of Christian young men would like to do more for the cause of Christ, but when they come down to their beliefs and it comes time to actually talk to people about their beliefs in Christ, they kind of are in this lost state because many Christians know the what of their beliefs. But sadly, we have done a horrible job at teaching people the why of our beliefs. And as you look through history, you'll find that the people who only knew the what of what they believed, they didn't last long in this Christian realm. They didn't last long for Christ. The people who make it and who last for God and make an impact are typically the people who not only know what they believe, but they know why they believe what they believe. And that's how apologetics and Tuesday mornings is going to be so vital to you. If you were to look up the Christian statistics regarding Christians, you would find some very saddening news. And I don't have any written down this morning. We don't really have time to get into that. But in your own personal time, go ahead and Google uh, Christian statistics or Bible statistics, and you'll find a lot of saddening facts. The reality is Christians aren't as involved with their Bibles as they should be, or people who claim to be Christians, that is. You know, we need to get back to being a people of God's Word, back to being a people who are able to use God's Word as a sword. That's what the Bible calls itself. Hey, I didn't call it a weapon. The Bible called itself a weapon. The Bible called itself a sword. The Bible called itself an offensive weapon. 
All right? And by the way, the Bible did say that many would be offended out of the Word of God. But it's very important that we learn to take the what of our belief and be able to prove it in the right way. But the sad reality is, unless we get back to being a people who are in the Word of God, who care about the things of God, and who are faithful to the cause of Christ, we will never make an impact that truly makes a difference in this world. Let me tell you, there are people looking for the truth. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, which is really going to be the base text for this entire series. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready, listen to this, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. There are people who are out there searching for the truth. There are people out there who are searching for the truth about God, and they're waiting for somebody who can come along and give them an answer on what the Bible truly says about God. And you and I need to be that person who is ready to always give an answer. And that's why it's important we don't know just the what of our beliefs, but we know the why as well. Here's the, here's the deal. How many of you listening believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? How many of you believe in the Trinity? How many of you believe that you cannot lose your salvation, that the Bible is perfect, that you can't work your way to heaven, that divorce is wrong, that gambling is wrong? That, uh, here's the thing. Can you name a verse right now that proves those beliefs? Can you eloquently, logically, and biblically bring up a defense for those beliefs you have, or is it just something you believe but you don't necessarily know why? And that is the very important role that apologetics can have in the life of a Christian, is teaching them not only the what, but the why as well. And so on Tuesday mornings, as we walk through these different topics, we will take the time to truly establish a logical, eloquent, and biblical defense of topics that people are asking questions about. And so we're going to be discussing topically our beliefs. We're going to be discussing objections to Christianity. We're going to be discussing worldviews such as atheism. We're going to be discussing those things on Tuesday mornings. But before we can discuss those topics, there's a little point that we need to address. You see, there are people who believe that we should not defend the Bible and we should not defend our faith. We just kind of need to be a doormat and just let everybody walk on all over us because, you know, the Bible says to turn your cheek. And, and the Bible does say that, but the reality is, as you go to Scripture, you will find that we are to defend God's Word. We are to defend our faith. And while the, the rug, um, while that sounds very cavalier, the reality is it's not a very biblical basis of view. Charles Spurgeon once said, defend the Bible. I would as soon defend a lion, unchain it, and it will defend itself. Now, that sounds great, and I, I understand what he's saying. I, I don't think you can necessarily get what I'm about to say out of this topic, but there are a lot of Christians who take that and they set it as their desktop wallpaper or they'll post it on Facebook and they'll be like, that's right, you know, we don't have to say anything about God's Word, just let it defend itself. Well, the reality is if you don't take it and share it with somebody, and that's what he's referring to. He's saying unchain it and give it to somebody. Let somebody read it for themselves. The reality is people aren't going to pick up a Bible and just read it themselves. 
most of the times. Most of the times, the only Bible people will read, the only testimony of God that people will read is you and your life and how God works in your life. That's the only part of God they'll ever read for a lot of people. And it really comes down to you taking the Word of God and sharing it and defending it. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 10, 14, how, shall they, how then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they had not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? There needs to be somebody who takes the Word of God and shares it with them. And so we have in Scripture the call to apologetics. You will find throughout the Bible the call for us to defend our faith. Jude in verse number 3. Jude, of course, doesn't have chapters, just verses. Jude verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Contend means to strive, to use earnest efforts to obtain to defend. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Let me tell you something. How can you reprove something if you don't know how to defend it? How can you reprove the evil works of darkness if you don't know how to defend your works of light? The Bible says in Psalm 94, 16, God is speaking. He says, who will rise for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? We have the call to apologetics. Not only that, but we have people who you would refer to as apologists, people who would stand up and defend the faith in public places. We have those all throughout the Bible. In fact, when you look in the New Testament, the very first person you will see defending the faith was Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus Christ defending the faith. You see, He was the Messiah. He was the Savior of the world. And when people didn't believe Him, He began to defend the faith. And one of the things that the Messiah would do to prove that He was the Messiah, well, John chapter 2 and verse 23, now when He was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed in His name when they saw the miracles which He did. You know how he defended the faith, how he defended that he was the Messiah? He did the miracles required of the Messiah, and many believed when they saw the miracles. It was a defense of the faith. You know, and we're going to talk a lot about giving an oral answer to people, but the reality is if you don't give a walking answer to them, if you don't give a testimonial answer to them of the way you live at work, of the way you work, of, of the different things, if you don't walk the walk and all you do is talk the talk, you will never make a difference. It has to be both. Not only was Jesus great at walking the walk, but He also did talk the talk. Luke 20 and verse 26, And they could not take hold of His words before the people, and they marveled at His answer and held their peace. Another great defender of the faith was Paul. Paul said this, Philippians 1:17. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. In Acts chapter 17, verses 2 through 4, the Bible says, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, open, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and rise again from the dead, and that this Jesus, 
whom I preach unto you is Christ. Sounds to me like he was defending the faith, going in, reasoning with them, opening and alleging out of God's word that Jesus Christ was the Savior of the world. So we have the call to apologetics. We have the apologists. So let's bring it down to your and I level. What is the tools that we need to truly practice defending our faith? What are the tools we need? All right, so... If you're able to, write these down. If you're not, just kind of remember them in your head, or later on, maybe you can go back and write them down. But here we are, the tools of apologetics. Number one, the Word of God. You cannot get away from defending the faith without the Word of God. You have to have the Word of God. If you don't, your answer is in vain. It's unbiblical. You must have a biblical basis for your answer. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let me give you a breakdown of that verse. If I can just water it down, very basic, just watery. Doctrine is what is right. Reproof is what is wrong. Correction is how to get right. Instruction in righteousness is how to stay right. All right. The Bible is useful, useful for all of those, and therefore is useful for developing the answers that we need to defend our faith. But the reality is there's a lot of Christians who skip their daily Bible reading with God. Hey, let me tell you something. On Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings when we, when we release episodes, this is not your Bible time. This is not the time where you skip your Bible and, hey, I'm going to go listen to Joshua Menes over here on Sandy Creek Stirrings. No, you need to be every single day in the Word of God having a personal time with God. That is your job because here's the reality. If you don't have a personal walk and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you won't be able to defend your way out of a wet paper bag because you need that personal relationship with Him. And we'll discuss why that's so vital in just a little bit. You need the Word of God. All right, number two, you need studying. You need studying. You need to take time to actually sit down and study things out and work through the Bible and learn what you believe. If you don't take time to actually do that, then you're going to fail. You have to study. The Bible says in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Do you want to be approved by Him? Then you need to study. Study. You have to take time. Study. Learn to study out one topic at a time and just make sure you understand it. Make sure you're able to defend it. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to study one topic at a time. All right, here's some tips. Here's some tools for studying, just specifically studying. Number one, if you're going to study, you're going to need a pen. You're going to need to be able to write down your thoughts. You could record it on a laptop or whatever device you have, and that's perfectly fine. Um, me, I just like the feeling of ink on paper, and um, so I typically do a lot of writing. And so a, a pen is great, a notebook, have it all written down. And then the third thing you need when you're studying, when you're reading the Word of God, when you're coming to a difficult passage and you're having a hard time understanding it, what's the third tool I'm going to recommend for you? Is it some great commentary? Is it a great online resource? Is it, uh, what is it? No, it's neither of those. It's an 1828 Noah Webster's Dictionary. You say a dictionary, that's just kind of defining what the words are. That's not really telling, it, telling me what it, what it means. Because here's my challenge to you. You don't need another man to tell you what the Bible says. All you need is God. Let God define his own book. Let God 
give you what that passage means. You say, I don't know if that's possible. Then let me tell you something. You need to up your relationship with God because when you have a close walk with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you will know that He is capable of doing that. Now, there are some older words you are going to come to in the Word of God. And um, here at Sandy Creek Sturgs, we use only the King James Version in all of our teaching here. And um, so we'll discuss that later on in an apologetics lesson, but we use the King James Version. As you do, you come across older words. Just frankly, it does have some older words in it. And does that mean we scratch the words out? No, we simply define what the words mean. And in my Bible, if I've got a word, I don't know what it means, and I take the time to look it up and study it out, I will circle it or underline it or whatever and draw a note over in the margin of exactly what that word means. And so the Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary is the gold standard for English dictionaries. You could also go online. You could look up the 1792 Samuel Johnson Dictionary. Sometimes I use that one a little bit. But um, you just want to define the word and allow God to tell you what the passage means. You just need God to tell you, all right? That's what you need. So just get a dictionary, get a pen and notebook, and learn to sit down and take some time to study. So the Word of God studying, the third tool you need for defending the faith is teaching and preaching. You say, wait a second, that sounds a little contradictory of what you just said. You just said, I needed the Word of God. Well, you do, but God has given you a pastor. You need to be in a good church. And God has put you under that pastor who will, God will place things upon his heart that will speak to you, that will help you, that will help you to grow specifically to your pastor. And so it's very vital that you listen to what he says. You compare it with the Bible, okay? Because a pastor that preaches anything other than God's word isn't worth his salt. You need or isn't worth his weight and salt, I guess the phrase would go. Uh, you need to make sure you're under a pastor who preaches from the Word of God. But when he does, you need to listen to him because God will give him the exact words that you need. And so you need that preaching and that teaching. And let me say, you need to always be in that preaching and that teaching. If you're one of those people at work and, and you've been working through Sandy Creek stirrings and we've done 100 episodes or whatever, and uh, we, you've learned how to defend 100 different topics, and this is who knows how long down the road, and you've learned to defend these different things, and you give an answer one day to your coworker, and it's a, it's a good, solid, biblical, logical, eloquent answer, and they say, man, that is great. Uh, where did you go to church last night? And you say, well, I go to da-da-da Baptist Church, but uh, I didn't go last night. I, I was too tired. Let me tell you something, they, your answer just went out the window because even the world knows that the Christian is supposed to be in church. Don't be that person, be faithful. So the Word of God, studying, preaching, and teaching. Number four, you need facts. You need facts. It's very vital to have facts and information. Sometimes we get away from truly presenting facts, but you cannot have a great argument or a great defense of the gospel without having some facts about it. Because here's the reality. Facts are undebatable truths. They are undebatable truths. You can't debate them if they are truly a fact. And they're one of the best things you can have for a defense of the gospel. In fact, the Apostle Paul was great at using facts for defending the faith. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you will find that Paul presents facts to prove that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You'll find in verse number 5 of chapter 15, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. 
After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. So Paul here is presenting facts. He said, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ um, was risen from the dead, then you need to talk to Peter because he was seen of Peter. And then he was seen of the 12 apostles. And then he was seen of 500 men. Now, some of them have died, but most of them are still alive. And you can talk to them. And then he was seen of James and he was seen of the apostles again. And then I saw him. So there's some eyewitnesses. There's some facts that he rose from the dead. Paul used and presented facts. So if you're coming across and you're researching a subject, learn to take the facts that you learn and write them down. Put them into your notes. Put them into your computer. And learn to take those facts and make sure you bookmark where they came from. That you have a reference. And you make sure you put all those down and have the facts ready and available. All right, and the last thing that I want you to use for or a tool you're going to have for apologetics is logic. Logic. Logic is simply a proper or reasonable way of thinking about something. You have to present all this evidence, all the Bible verses, all the defense, and you have to present it in a logical manner. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of these guys who claim to be apologists, and uh, they may be good at defending the faith, but to be honest with you, sometimes you can't even understand what they're talking about. It's so deep, and it's so over your head. It's like, what in the world is going on? I don't even know what he just said. It's not very logical. It doesn't make it easy for just a normal person to be able to understand what they're talking about. So your defense must be logical. It has to make sense. In fact, Paul in that same passage, and we don't have time to use it. You go back in your own time and, uh, and look it up. We don't have time to read it right now. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 17, Paul just uses logic. He says, if Christ be not risen, if he's not arisen from the dead, then how can he be saved? That is an important fact of salvation. And he uses a logical argument. He presented the word of God, he presented the facts, and then he drew it all to a conclusion through a logical argument. It's very important you learn how to articulate the defense so it can be understood by people. All right, let's talk for just a second the how of apologetics. The how of apologetics. 2 Timothy 20, um, chapter 2 and verse number 25 through 26 say this, In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Let me tell you something. There are those out there who are caught in the snare of the devil, and they don't know any different. And God is telling you through these verses, look at them, instruct them, teach them, show them, and possibly they could come to the acknowledging of the truth and get out of that snare of the devil. Let me tell you something. There are people like that, but how do we do it? How do we instruct them? Well, the Bible gives the parameters in verse 25 in meekness. Meekness. Let me tell you something, the goal of Tuesdays in apologetics is not to start a fight, is not to make you a great debater. That is not the point. If that is your point for listening, then you have missed the point of Sandy Creek Stirrings giving you apologetics. That is completely against what we're talking about. Your goal is not to win a fight. The goal is to bring people to the truth of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have any other goal, you have failed. You need 
to make your goal as seeing people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you will do that by putting meekness in your defense. Now, the word meekness here, look it up. Look it up. Go back to that word. It has two meanings, and they both are important and vital that we understand. Meekness means humility, all right? It's humility. It's not about winning. It's about being humble. If you're one of those people who you've got to slam it in your coworker's face and say, hey, ha ha, I just slammed you, boy. I mean, what you going to do now? What you going to do with that? Then you are not very humble. You didn't do it in humility. And the reality is you can give the best defense anybody's ever heard on planet Earth, but if you do it and you've got a prideful spirit, nobody will listen to you. You have to be humble. So meekness has to do with humility, but it also means in submission to divine will. Here's the deal. If you allow yourself to be used by God, He will guide you to the place, to the time, where there's going to be someone who they're searching for truth, and they're looking for an answer. And if you are following God's will and allowing yourself to be moved by Him, He'll put you in that place to give them an answer. Not only that, but while you're talking to them, He will put words in your mind that you can share with them. I'm amazed when I'm talking to people um, and I'm just sharing things with them or I'm defending the faith or whatever it may be. I'm amazed at some points where I haven't looked at a particular verse in a while and all of a sudden that verse will pop in my head. You know what that is? That's God, and He's trying to help in making sure that we help to give them an answer of truth. So, meekness. How are we going to do it? Well, we're going to be humble about it. This is not a winning thing. This is about a saving thing. And then we're going to be in submission to God's divine will. We're going to learn when to approach it. We're going to work on God's timing. We're going to work with God's Word. We're just going to be a vessel for God to speak through. And here's the outcome. In Acts 17... Paul, a great apologist, has been, on, has been in Athens and defending to these Athenian people the unknown God. They have an altar to every other God that they can think of, but there's one altar, in case they missed anybody, the unknown God. And Paul says, hey, let me share with you who the unknown God is. And he shares with them. And here was what happened after his preaching, after his defense. Verse 32 of Acts chapter 17, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, we will hear thee again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed. Here's the three different types of response you will have when defending the faith. Number one, there will be sometimes those who mock. They'll make fun of you, they'll laugh at you, they won't believe you, they will shame you. They will mock you. You will have people like that. It just comes with the territory. It comes with being a Christian. Get over it. You don't have to have an hour-long pouting session because somebody mocked you. Just get over it, man up, and move on with your life. Some will mock you. And it hurts. Don't get me wrong. There are times when somebody who is close to you mocks you, and you think, where did that come from? It hurts. But we have to keep going for God. We don't have time to sit in the gutter. We have to keep going for God. So some will mock. Then notice what it said in verse 32. Some said, we will hear thee again on this matter. Some weren't ready yet. Some weren't ready yet. They were open, but they just weren't ready yet. 
And you'll have coworkers like that. You'll talk to them and you'll think, man, that was great. And you're, you're thinking in your mind, they're about to, they're about to get saved. It's going to be great. And, and they say, well, let's talk about it again tomorrow. And it's like your balloon was just deflated. And you're wondering, what in the world? What, what happened? What did I say wrong? No, some people just, they're not ready yet. They're not ready yet. They might hear you again, but they are just aren't ready yet. So some might mock, some aren't ready, but then the third is those great moments when people believe. Some may mock, some may say, not re- no, I'm not ready yet. Some may believe. And I tell you what, you keep staying in submission to God's will, you keep being humble, and you keep using those opportunities to defend your faith, there will be those who believe. Those are the three outcomes. So, as we continue on Tuesday mornings, we're going to take those topics that we're going to be discussing. And I've got a bunch of topics written down. We'll be here for quite some time discussing how to defend our faith topically, answering questions to uh, questions and objections to Christianity, answering worldviews. And so we're going to discuss all that and learn to defend the faith together on Tuesday mornings. And so I hope you'll continue to join me and um, just to learn to to defend the faith and the Word of God. And uh, if this is something that you think you're interested in or you've enjoyed the episode so far, let me encourage you to hit that subscribe button or follow button on whatever platform you're listening to, and uh, that'll allow you to be updated um, when a new episode comes out. As well, if there's a topic that you've been wanting to hear about, and you say, you know what, I, I've, I've had coworkers who have asked me about this question, or I've had my, my children have asked me this question, or hey, uh, whoever it may be, you say, I'd really like to hear this topic. You can go to our website, www.sandycreekstirrings.com, and you can go to our contact page, and just type in what exactly topic you're thinking about or what you'd like to hear, and we'll try and push that up and see if we can answer that for you. And uh, so there's that. Tuesday mornings. Looking forward to it. Don't forget, Thursday morning, our next episode comes out of Baptist History. And so excited to be with you at that time. Until then, though, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.